0: As I've been saying since we began tonight, we're walking through the Psalms of Ascent, where, again, the, the God's people—they're pilgrimaging; they're going up to Jerusalem. They're called Ascent because they were literally going up, uh, vertical-wise, feet-wise, sea level-wise. They're going literally going up a hill toward Jerusalem. Jerusalem itself was on a hill, and as you'll see in the psalm, it's surrounded by other little hills. Now. Mount Zion is not a very impressive hill. It's maybe 2,000, 2,500 feet above sea level, not like the 14ers in the Rocky Mountains or, you know, some of the other more impressive mountains around the world. But but that's where God's people, they went up to this place. And in this sort, the Psalms of Ascent can in some ways be divided into smaller chunks. Um, the, the last three, 20, 123, 124, and now 125, really, as you get to know the Psalms a little bit more deeply, they really are... Um, psalms from people in danger, psalms who, of people who are threatened, um, psalms of people who are thinking about enemies. Moving forward in the psalms, there's 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 notes of like restoration and hope and renewal. So there's there's a, a little bit of a turn moving into the next psalm. But tonight it's it's God's people who are in danger, um, and you can you can think about danger in all kinds of ways. Um, you can think of danger from just circumstance or people. You can think of the threat that the devil even poses against you. I was telling our, our seventh grade friends today, like, don't underestimate the devil. You're not stronger than him. Jesus is. You're not. i um, just so thinking about the, breaking the forces of evil and, and the danger that we're in every day. We, we live our lives constantly in danger. And there's the tension again. And always safe. And that's what the psalmist leans into, that safety that we have. Let me read it to you, Psalm 125. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken but endures forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, this kind of thinking of topography, so the Lord, more importantly, Yahweh, the Lord, surrounds his people both now and forevermore. The scepter of the wicked will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous, for then the righteous might use their hands to do evil. Lord, it turns into a prayer. Lord, do good to those who are good, to those who are upright in heart. But but those who turn to crooked ways, the Lord will banish with the evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. This is God's word. Would you pray with me? Oh, Lord God. Grant us your peace as we turn to you and your word. Grant us your peace tonight as we lay our heads on our pillows. Grant us your peace right now as we rest in your abiding arms that never leave us or forsake us, your strong arms that keep us safe from every evil of body and of soul. Deliver us and keep us safe, Lord Jesus. Give us your peace. In your name we pray. Amen. There are some things, you know this I suppose, there are some things in your life that are hard to forget. Some adventures that you take, some experiences you have that you just can't forget. At least some of the big picture things, I know I always, I'm one of the guys who forgets the details. Um, Ruth will always pick on me about this. You don't remember what I was wearing on our first date, what's wrong with you? She doesn't pick on me that much. I just don't remember the details. I I don't remember, sorry Ruth, I don't remember where we went. I don't remember what we did. I just know we went out somewhere and that was the beginning of something. But there was an adventure that, we had with a, with, that Ruth and I had with my family is the first vacation that Ruth went on with the Borman clan. We went to the Rocky Mountain National Park and it was actually like real camping. You know, like pit toilets and no showers. Like it was real and raw. It was like cook out there and you, you hoist your food, either put it in a, you, we, had, we had a little 4 by 4 trailer and we locked it tighter. You had to lift it up because there were bears and there were moose and all the fun things. Like it was real camping. I mean, that was an adventure all on its own, but the the other part of that adventure was the part Ruth always tries to forget. It's the climb up Long's Peak. It's a 14,000-foot climb, if you're not familiar with that. It's just one of these epic climbs that that you do, and we, we were not trained for it. We should have probably trained for it, but we didn't. We were young and foolish. Our whole family was. It was one of those climbs where you had to be up by 2 or 3 in the morning to start get to the trailhead by 3 in the morning because you had to be, coming, you had to be on your way down before 2 in the afternoon or storms were going to hit you. It was, was kind of like this thing where everybody knows at 2 o'clock in the afternoon or so, storms come. Period. End of discussion. You just got to get up and down before 2. And the, the trail starts out easy enough if my memory is correct, which Ruth will tell me it's probably not. She'll tell me this later on. It starts out easy enough, you know how the trails are, they like fool you into thinking it's going to be easy. And it's this little narrow, dirt little path that just kind of starts to meander and make its way up and and that's like, oh, this is great. It's pretty fairly easy because you're in the foothills a little bit. And then you start to climb a little bit more and you, I put a video on the family page, the Mount Lebanon family page if you want to glance at that. It's Long's Peak, it's a, somebody else took a video of it. But it's just, then it goes from this little path to like you're actually in boulder fields and then you're in the jagged rock and you're, you're climbing on, you're literally, you're on your hands and your knees just kind of climbing up. There were no, you didn't need ropes but maybe we should have had ropes. You know, I don't know, one of those things like nobody else had ropes so we didn't have ropes either plus we were young and foolish. It was one of those things that you never forget just because of the experience. It was in some ways really miserable like your feet hurt like nothing else and you just got really hungry because you ran out of food and water. It was just really awful in some ways. But when you got to the top, the view from 14,000 feet up, it just knocks your socks off. Because here you are on top of this massive hill, not even a hill, a mountain, and you're looking down on clouds, like, you're not in an airplane looking down on clouds, you're on a mountain on your feet looking down on clouds. We didn't quite get down before 2 o'clock, and so we saw lightning below us, which is like, whoa, I don't know if I should stay here or go down. I don't know, right? It's, but it's awe-inspiring because you're looking around and you see this mount, the Rocky Mountain Range, all around you, and you're, the view from up there, you forget about how hard you were exhausted just getting to the top and we still had to go back down. You're already tired and exhausted, but you take the view in, the view from up there, suddenly your weariness is gone for at least a moment and you just say, wow, God. And you, you're taken aback by the majesty and the mystery and the power of it all. It's just, it's, it's almost, uh, it's not worship like we do here, but it's a moment of, of worship of the one true God who did this thing who's mighty and powerful, that he could do this and all of that that the eye can see. Now you're looking down the hill, the mountain, and all these other travelers who are making their way up or scrambling their way down. Now you're looking at all the rivers and valleys and tree and storms that are happening below you. It's just one of these things where you just can't help but go, whoa, God. and that experience I think is just the beginning of what the psalmist is starting to think about in Psalm 125 I don't know when he or his family got up to begin that pilgrimage but the pilgrimage up to Jerusalem was many days long there and and it wasn't this fourteen thousand foot climb it was more like two thousand five hundred foot climb if you if you look that up. But it's this long, slow grade up to Jerusalem. And so the climb itself was difficult enough with, with the path that being narrow and the rocks and everything happening side by side. It was difficult just to climb. And then there was the danger of being robbed or mugged. You, you know, it's, it's not surprising. You, you can maybe start to think about the danger when you, when you remember the story of the Good Samaritan and how this man on his way to Jerusalem, from Jericho to Jerusalem, was jumped by robbers and beaten nearly to death. That's the kind of danger that anybody who went up to Jerusalem was facing. And, and don't, also don't forget the danger of that area like, like it is today, back then was just as much so an area of war. It was like this this ground where nations would just kind of go back and forth and back and forth, always war, always danger, always enemies. It hasn't really changed. I'm not trying to be political. And, And when you're in the middle of the journey and you're afraid, you're still kind of like plugging your way through the journey. You're trying to get from here to there, from Jericho, from the Jordan, up to Jerusalem, all you can do is pay attention to what's happening right here. I can pay attention to my footing to make sure that my feet are on the path and that the place where I put my feet is stable and sure and the rocks won't slide out from under me. I can pay attention to, to the potential for enemies and danger all around so that, so that I won't be, at least I won't be caught by surprise. And I, I guess what I'm getting at when I say all that is when you're, in the, when you're on the path and you're journeying up, it's hard to see anything except what's happening right here, and I think when I say that, I think about the psalmist Asaph in Psalm seventy-three, where he's in the thick of life, and he's on the path, and he's paying attention to life, and he has Psalm seventy-three is a. I'm sorry to bring on all these psalms, but it's the psalm of complaint. Where he starts out saying, saying, surely God is good to Israel to those who are pure in heart, but, um, God, the way it's going right now on the path doesn't seem fair. God, I've been pure in heart to you. I've devoted my heart to you. But these people who mock you, they're doing just fine. They're mocking you and even mocking me, asking me, where is your God? And the psalmist thinks to himself, it's not fair. I've been faithful, they've been faithless, and it doesn't seem to be working out very well. When you're on the path and there's enemies around you, it's hard to see things clearly. Or, or, or I can't help but think, I thought of this today too, the, 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 the servant of Elisha in Second Kings 6, there, there's a whole story, you've got to read the whole chapter, 2 Kings 6. But the, king, the, the Aramean army was surrounding Elisha and his servants. They, they, they came around their city, it was Dothan, they came around the city at night and when the, the man of God, the servant of Elisha, got up in the morning to make some breakfast or whatever he was doing that morning, he saw the Arameans all around and he said, he said to Elisha, what are we going to do? There's enemies everywhere. We're we're, we're sunk. We're done. What are we going to do? When you're in the thick of it, when you're on the journey, when you're on the path on your way up, and there's enemies and trouble all around, it's hard to see what's going on. I think for the psalmist, it's some of the same. Psalm 125, it's some of the same kind of thing, where he's, he's on his journey, but Psalm 125, you see he's actually made it to the top And the view from up there. Right? The the, the view from up there. When, When Asaph, so it's Psalm 73 again. When Asaph finally gets to the top of the mountain and starts to see everything that God is up to and he steps back and he says, God, whoa. He says, okay, God, I see now. Surely you place them on slippery ground. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. Afterward, you will take me into glory. When you're up there, you can see what God is up to at least in a little bit better way. And the thing that Elisha told his servant when they were surrounded by the Aramean army, let me help you see what's happening behind a veil. There's a spiritual veil that he couldn't see. And Elisha prayed, open up his eyes so he can see. And what the man of God saw was an army of angels, horses and fiery chariots all around those who are with us, Elisha said, are more than those who are against us. And here in Psalm 125, it's the same thing. Here he is on top of the mountain, looking back at everything that God is doing, and he, he notices three things. First, he notices that Jerusalem is like a, city, it's a city. It is surrounded by hills, which makes it a safe place. But then he makes the next leap, and he says that just like that, So the Lord surrounds his people. So so in other words, just like the man of God and Elisha were surrounded by an army of fiery chariots and angels, so we're surrounded not just by angels and fiery chariots, but by the Lord himself, he says. So the Lord surrounds those. He surrounds his people. He surrounds you. And, And then he says, don't worry about the evil people. The, the scepter of the wicked, the, 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 the throne of the unbeliever, it will not last. There is a promise here that all the wicked and all the evil that the devil and his little people design against Christ and his church, they will not succeed. There is a promise that, that whatever evil is done, whether it's, it's government or personal or whatever evil is designed, there's a, there's, a, there's a political statement here, the scepter of the wicked, something political being talked about there, that the wicked will not win the day. The Lord our God will make sure of it because he's king, right? So the psalmist is sitting there in a lofty place on top of Jerusalem, he sees the mountains and he sees the Lord around him. He sees that God will destroy the works of the wicked, especially their leader, Satan, especially him. And he will do good. That's the third thing he sees. He sees what the Lord will do good. He prays it actually do good to your people. Do good to your people. And, and by good, I don't think he imagines that, that a pleasant, pain-free life. I don't think that's what he imagines at all when he says, Lord, do good to your people. I think he's thinking about redemption. I think he's thinking about salvation. I, I think he's thinking about forgiveness. I think he's stepping back and realizing that there is a greater king sitting on David's throne who would come. From, David, from the psalmist's perspective, all of this, everything we're talking about in Lent is future tense. But he sees the king who will come and die for his people. He sees the king that will come and take his people's sins, your sins, on himself, and then die for those sins. He, he sees that that king will not just... David knew all of this, too, the psalmist knew all of this, the suffering, the death, and the resurrection. See how, did you catch that in the reading from Matthew? How he talked about, I will return, you will see me in Galilee. Right? The resurrection is part of this too. He saw how the king would die and suffer for his people, but then come back to life and then take his seats at God's right hand. And as Paul says, all of his enemies have been put under his feet. And so, I don't know, I wish you could imagine what's in my head. It's, at least sometimes it's not so scary. But when you think of this, next time you put your foot on a footstool, when you sit back and you're lazy boy and you put your feet up, Jesus says, Paul says this about Jesus, all of his enemies are his footstool. Under his feet, ruling over them. Paul also says, "The last enemy to be destroyed is death." And so when, when the psalmist says, "Do good to Israel," he's thinking about Jesus being king, eventually putting all enemies under his foot, under his feet, throwing the devil in jail in hell, throwing away the key. So as we journey, I'll try to bring this together. As we journey, it's hard when you're in the middle of it to kind of think about these things. When you're, when you're on the path making your way up, and we can think of up in a lot of ways, up to heaven, up just up to Easter, maybe it's just up through the next week. Or the next day, whatever. Maybe, it's too, maybe you want to get home to bed. I don't know. But it's hard when you're in the middle of it to see what you can only see from above. And when you're in that place and you're just struggling to take the next step or afraid of what's going to happen, filled, riddled with anxiety perhaps, I'm going to pull in another sum. I'm sorry to do this. Look up. Lift up your eyes to the hills from from where your help comes. Lift up your eyes to the hills and start to see things then, not looking up at where things go, but down from where he rules. And see these three things, that you are surrounded by your God. On, On every side, not just angel armies, but God himself. That Irish blessing that we, we, taught, we heard on Sunday where God goes before you and behind you and beside you and above you and below you, the Lord surrounds you with his presence, surrounds you with his love, surrounds you with his power. Secondly, remember, those who seek to do you harm cannot and will not do you eternal harm because your Savior me, will make it so. He will not allow that. He will will not allow the wicked to succeed against you. Whatever, Whatever design the devil has, whatever design anyone has to seek you, to ruin you now or eternally, your Savior Jesus will not let it be. And third, know this. He desires only to do you good. Only to save you. Only to redeem you. Only to bring you home. Peace be upon you, the people of God. Amen.